Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. With me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, and Natalie Campbell. This week, we talked to the Naked Professor and Andy West about the Gillette ad. What do men really think of it? Plus, Casey Ainsworth, you might know her as Little Mo from EastEnders, talks to us about how to survive an autism diagnosis in your family. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! The boys are back. One particular boy is back in in particular with us. You know what I mean. The fabulous Ben, a.k.a. the Naked Professor. Ben, welcome back to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, so this week we're talking about the Gillette ad. Have you been talking about it all week? <laughs> sure, I didn't know anything about it until Tuesday or Wednesday. What I don't really watch any TV. What so blissful ignorance you lived I, in not even on time. social media. There was like uproar on social media. <sighs> Maybe I live in a bubble. I don't yeah. know. I had no idea. And then obviously now I'm immersed in it. And it's <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's all I see is, is this Gillette advert. Well, we're going to hear a little clip of it now just to give you a reminder. Is this the best a man can get? Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are, in ways big and small. But some is not enough, because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm welling up. Uh, this is Badass Women's Hour XL. You're just listening to the Gillette ad that has gone viral this week. Not, We're not endorsing it. It's not. We're not being paid to say it, but... I will happily say unpaid that it made me cry. Ben, what did you think of it when you first saw it? I knew nothing about what it was about at all the first time. And, and my friend put it on and said, watch this. And at the end of it, my first, the first thing I said is, I think that's great. I love this. Um, and I almost felt, have I said something wrong? Is this Because I knew of all the controversy. I knew, I knew it was just a big thing. But I wondered if I'd said the wrong thing. But I think... I, it's a message that is 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 needed right now. Uh, my only question is whether it's right to coming from Gillette. Can I ask, did your friend put it on in a kind of watch this, it's great, or did he put it on being like, watch this, what are they doing? He didn't give me anything. Okay. He didn't say, he just said, you know, have a look at it, I'd be interested to know what you think. 
and yeah it was it hit me natalie what did you think when you saw it do you was it a bit i'm gonna say it and i not casting aspersions here when i say this darling a little bit sentimental for you <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a yes no so my I, it's it's to the point that yeah we, we just mentioned my issue is that it's coming from a brand and over the last year actually women have been bombarded with messages from brands sort of trying to get on board with women's empowerment and lots of different things but what it boils down to is they want to sell more products and I think maybe after a year of seeing that, seeing Gillette, Gillette do this, and really one of maybe the first male-specific male brands to, to put something out, for me it just felt, it, it errs on corny. Mm -hmm. And there were other ways, more subtler ways, that they could have said exactly the same thing. And they've also got another ad out at, at the moment, which isn't as activist, quotes activist, which is just different... Um, depictions of men and it ends with a dad in a kitchen daughter runs in and says dad come on I'm ready to go and he's like okay you know get my stuff I'm ready to go to me that said exactly the same thing that that ad did just in a subtle more authentic way and I don't like when brands try too hard so for me I'm just eye rolling because it it goes too far into bad ad it's a bit like pepsi and the whole i'm dancing through the act like oh, the, yeah, the you know through the march it's just come on try harder do better ben was that your view on it do you feel a little bit it's been tainted because it's associated with gillette um slightly i understand what you're saying but at the same time it's had an impact. I guess that's... We're talking that, about it. That, yeah. Exactly. That's his mission. He doesn't want to blend in and just be another... It, it clearly wanted to make a statement. And um, so I, I, my, my perspective in it coming from Gillette is that I'd rather they do adverts like that than presented a negative message, you know? What did you think about the line, boys will be boys in it? So I have, um, I have a group of close girlfriends who've had lots of babies and all those babies are boys. There are just no girls in the group whatsoever. No, we've now got our first girl was born just before Christmas. Um, and I do hear them say a lot, boys will be boys. That's just what they're like. So they throw something, boys will be boys, or, you know, they are very different. And I don't have kids, so it's very difficult for me to comment on that. And ladies, that's not a comment on your parenting skills at all. Um, but is this just a reality? Are, are boys just, in the nicest possible way, a bit different? They are a bit different, but I think this this is where the message counts for me because for me, growing up as a boy, I think the the the, the road that I was led on wasn't necessarily the healthiest, mm -hmm. and this is why I'm I'm pro the pro the, the the message in the advert because it's teaching us that that perhaps there is a different way to grow up as young boys. It's not about being macho and tough and strong and getting the girls and all the rest of it. It's about humanity and being kind and helping other people and being a good person. But. So, so for me, the reason why it doesn't work is because it presents it's an either or. And you can still be a man that likes to play rugby and throw a ball or, or a boy that likes sports and still care. You can still have empathy. You can, And this is, this is the problem with brands. They make everything binary because they're trying to sell a not authentic message in 30 seconds. And so actually all they're doing is saying, well, you, you, if you're like that, then you're not very nice. And therefore, if you're empathetic and everything else, then you are really nice, but then you're not a man. And that is not the message. And so I think they've subverted their own message by trying to go 
all out in the wrong way. And the reality is, I don't know if G- Gillette has stopped selling plastic razors. I mean, that's another thing they should be thinking about. I don't see an <laughs> advert about that. It's true. That that advert did jar me the first time I watched it, uh, especially the bit when they do the news cut, uh, cut to the Me Too movement. Immediately, I was like, this advert is saying that all men are bad and all need to do better. And I think that they really failed on the execution because I am. I think advertising mm. can be really powerful. I think there is a massive opportunity for um, Gillette to present modern masculinity mm-hmm. and to redefine that. But I do think that what they did is put out a message that resonated with women. All the women loved it. And let's face it, probably women are buying. Not all the women loved it. No, no. but I would say more women liked it than the men liked it. But I think for the men, I feel like it's done it as a disservice because what it's made is a load of people who are probably not a, not really aware because they're probably living in their own bubble and we're not taking them on the journey with us. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we've made a whole load of men massively defensive and we're closing down the conversation. And I just think if they'd just taken that news clip out about Me Too and sexual harassment, I think they would have been okay. But that was a bit that suddenly made, made me go, whoa, hang on a minute. Too far. We are implying that all men are abusive and they're not. And I don't want to paint that picture of men being Do you like think that. that's what they are? Because I, when I saw it, how I interpreted it was here are a group of young boys sitting on the sofa and all the messages they're getting from media are men are bad, men do bad things, men are awful people. No, they're not. Look, here are some great role models. And so I interpreted it as that if you're a young boy, that's the only message you're getting. We need to be giving them other messages rather than all men are bad yeah so no so I saw the role model mm. bit and there were some lovely moments and there you know when the guy's looking at the girl and he's like no come on mate and the, when the dad stops the boys fighting perfect absolutely spot on but to then do this whole the the message to me my first impressions and I understand the threads of all of these you know we talk yeah. about it every Saturday night I'm not a defensive person around that but I really did feel for men watching that the ad could have had the same impact if it was just the role models. Yeah, exactly. Without any of the other exactly. narrative. Because we know the other narrative. Yeah. We've, we have been bombarded with the other narrative, I'm saying we, we as women, for at least a year. So they could have just had the role models. And their other ad is about the role models. And it works just as well. Yeah. Mm. I have to say, I'm with you. I, I, I know I'm going back on what I said a little bit. But my first instinct, I didn't elaborate on this in the beginning, but when I when I watched it the first time, I was a bit tense in the first 30 seconds or whatever. All the word me too, everything was being thrown at me. And I was like, whoa, where am I going with this? And for me, it did come around. And at the end, I was like, okay, that, that got me. But I do hear what you're saying. Um, I guess on the, on the point earlier about, well, they only, they've only got an advert of, what, a minute and a half, two minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not a documentary for an hour or half an hour where they yeah. could fully go into the mm-hmm. hole and explain both sides. They've got to make an impact in a short time. So I'm giving them a bit of slack on that. Because I think maybe I'm a bit tougher on this, but I don't think that you can you could have had as much impact with that ad if you hadn't talked about Me Too, if you hadn't talked about harassment in the workplace. You wouldn't have had the discussion that we're having, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, there's a bit of me that's like it's good because we are, you know, here we are talking, we're talking to a man about it, and getting different perspectives. But I still think they massively underestimated the journey that a people are on, and instead of taking people with them and doing mm-hmm. something that was groundbreaking in terms of seeing what modern masculinity looks like because actually you you don't need to just tell people that they're crap and that there's a better way that doesn't get people on board what you do is you start to show them what the better way looks like and you keep reinforcing that and reinforcing that and then you create change 
I wanted to pick up on that point about modern masculinity because we're asking on Twitter today, uh, a week on from Gillette's advert, is toxic masculinity fact or fiction? Uh, go have a look. That's at Talk Radio. Ben, is it a real thing? I think it's a real thing. Have I got completely lost? I think tos- toxic man- masculinity exists. What do you think? I think it exists, and I think I experienced it growing up. You know, I go back to what I said earlier. My my perception of growing up of being a man was to be the toughest, the strongest, and who got the most girls. Um, who it was, yeah. That that was what I was meant to be. If I wanted to be popular and cool, that was it. Was right. You're better off being the bully than than the sensitive one who's been kind to the bully. But isn't that this is where I think there's a confusion, which is when we're talking about masculinity. Surely we're talking about being tough, being strong. Uh, pushing forward, going for what you want. I think that's the perception that we've grown to to think it is, and that's exactly what I want to challenge. What would you change it to now? We said it earlier, it's balance. You can be the man who plays rugby, who's strong, who's tough, who is all those things, but also can share love, is empathetic, is kind, who helps people. Do you know what? I think the majority of men are like that. They're just like that in a different way to women. And so... And this is, I, I almost think, the cynic in me, and I apologise, it's, it's January, it's all you're going to get for the next six weeks uh, until the sun comes back out. Um, <laughs> I think Gillette have gone down a route, they know we're going to be talking about it. So many other shaving brands have launched in the last few years. This is giving them brand cut through because actually if they wanted to have an impact and take men on a journey they possibly would have gone with a completely different execution and actually i I, i'm not even arguing the toss on on gillette i'm just talking about brands when they get involved with activist messages and realistically what they're trying to do is sell a product i i find it hard to um to get on board unless the execution has been done really really well and in this case it's either that they've said let's just you know increase the, the bottom line yeah by being controversial and getting people talking as opposed to realistically saying we want to make a difference and they, they weren't clear about cultural norms and bad men mm. that's what they mixed yes. everything in together and i think most men are good people mm-hmm. but there is some cultural norms that means that there has been some behavior that that is no longer acceptable and we need to change and the ad did show that showed the the tv mm-hmm. program where it was being a bit sexist with the women in the kitchen and they weren't clear about what is ex- what is not not accept- acceptable cultural norms that is changing versus men being bad they okay, just got it wrong we're going to keep talking about it coming up next we've got Andy West who did not like the ad <laughs> spoiler alert that's next here on Badass Women's Hour XL The Vampire Strikes Back Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio Welcome back to, I mean, possibly the least match, the least or the most macho show on Talk Radio. I don't know. Uh, this is Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minton, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And we're also, this week, we've got the lovely Ben from the Naked Professors in the studio as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have been talking about the Gillette advert. We want to know your views on it. Give us a call 0344-499-1000 and tell us, do you think it represents modern masculinity? We want to know. Or did you hate it? Our next guest was not a fan. Broadcaster Andy West is on the phone. Andy, what was your response to this ad? Hello, good evening. Um, first of all, actually, I, I just wanted to say I think it was my honour to award you 
with um, your award. Was it the Diva Awards? Oh, the, yeah. oh, the, the Diversity, Diversity and Media Awards. The Diversity and Media oh. Awards. Yeah. Well, Andy, you did it so. beautifully. Thank you. Lovely to be reunited. <laughs> are you presenting it again this year and are we winning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, sadly, I'm not on the panel, so uh, so you can you can have a go at me. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, yeah, no, the advert, I mean, I think, I think the problem with the advert for, for a lot of men and actually women that uh, I've spoken to since as well is that they just feel it feeds into a conversation that's being had at the moment about men's behavior that just feels very condescending mm. and very patronizing that it's it's lecturing men to behave in a way that other people want them to behave when actually there's no real consensus that all of those behavior types are actually inherently wrong mm-hmm. and it's just a concern i think that what this kind of lecturing does is it it turns a lot of men off of the discussion rather than including them in it. They feel as though it distances them and, as I say, patronises them. Andy, do you think, though, those men that have been distanced by it are interested in the conversation in the first place? Yeah, well, I think think a lot of them are. I mean, I am. I'm very interested in the conversation. And I, you know, as part of my work, I have helped to train women and empower women in the media and try and kind of bring them on in, in the industry, which is an important thing to do. Um, and I felt patronised by it. And I think not just this advert, but a lot of the tone of the conversation is turning me off and making me feel kind of rankled by it. And I don't think that's very persuasive. Yes, of course, there'll be some guys who have seen the advert and they're angry about it just because they're angry men and they feel, <laughs> you know, they feel like they want to rail against Everything. any suggestion that they should change their behaviour. Yeah, of course. But if you want to talk to those people and try and bring them around to another way of seeing their behaviour and seeing society, then you don't do it by talking down to them and belittling them and trying to feed them this line that somehow being a man is an inherently toxic thing. Mm. And it isn't. What should we be doing, Andy, do you think? What is a better way to to approach this and to create the change at a pace that we want to see? Well, I think I think some of the things that are happening right now are really positive. So, you know, you look at obviously the Me Too movement and a lot of the discussion saying to guys, do you know what, when when this behaviour is going on in the workplace or, you know, out and about, if you're wolf whistling women, if you're kind of catcalling women when you're standing outside a pub, then then this is how that makes us feel. And even though you might initially get a negative response to that, that will inevitably be in that person's thinking. And next time they might just think twice. But you know, an advert for razors is just not the place to do it. And exactly. it seems to me like very, very cynical, unhelpful PR shenanigans, you know, it's about jumping on a bandwagon. I got I got an awful lot of uh, backlash when I had a problem with the Iceland advert with the orangutan um, about palm oil because I felt the same way that, you know, it, if a big company is trying to use something that's an important message to sell razors or to sell frozen pizzas or whatever it is doing, then there's something for me inherently icky about that to but use a scientific In both term. of those cases, those discussions would not have been happening had those ads not existed. So we would have it would have been a nice thing that we kind of, you know, talked about a little bit, but then we brushed it under the carpet and it didn't move forward. By being deliberately provocative and by pushing it, they've actually taken the conversation further. I'm also just going to defend the Iceland orangutan um, 
because it was also highlighting the fact that they have done something. They have removed palm oil from food. Yes, I'm sure there are other things that they probably need to remove too. What was the key message at the end of Gillette's advert? What have they actually done? What are they changing? Are they funding you know, girls' education? Are they funding programmes for boys? What, what are they doing? There was no, this is the difference we are going they to make are, because I, we have millions of pounds in the bank. I didn't see that. There, what, there, there is an initiative that they are supporting, isn't there? What is it? Yes, I don't know. I don't exactly. Know that's the point. <laughs> I think, ben, don't do you, know. think, that, do you I think, think there has to be something behind it or can it just well, be about showing different images? I think the reason they did it is because they're playing off their slogan. The best a man can get, can, whatever it is, the best man can be. See, um, this this is the thing you don't know so no, we're talking right. about this yeah. and is it the, the best, best a man, a man can, can get it's the best the traditional gillette slogan is the best a man can get mm-hmm. and they've changed it for the advert to be the best a man can be okay but but is that a best a man can be i mean I, I have to say very quickly with iceland actually they they have palm oil on a lot of their products still and it's just signaling they're going to try and phase it out so i find that quite cynical too and there's also a whole debate, debate around actually whether getting rid of palm oil and then replacing it with other things is actually going to help animals generally anyway but anyway we're I, not talking I, about I, palm oil. I, I agree but i'm just saying it, it's the, just the whole execution we started so my my position is is as you're saying in terms of brands getting involved with acti- activism i can at least give you some kudos if you highlight what the action you're going to take is and if you're putting a position out there so I, I completely understand all of the issues within a supply chain but at least saying we're going to try to do this thing is a step in the right direction we- what I couldn't tell with the Gillette thing is what is the thing that they are actively going to do as a brand with millions billions of pounds available to them the onus is on Gillette now isn't it to step up I think they, they, they've set a precedent mm-hmm. it's kind of right over to you guys let's see let, let's see where actually the substance is now yeah. you, you've made the statement but I, I personally I don't think there's anything wrong with brands jumping on the bandwagon because actually I think we underestimate the impact they have on culture and society and the impact that advertising has when we're bombarded with it all the time whether we feel like we're paying attention to it or not I think they have a duty and a responsibility to take note and and help create change so for me I would much rather see an ad spend a load of money promoting an orangutan advert around palm oil or promoting modern masculinity because they're going to have more reach and more impact but I think with um, Gillette they just didn't Gillette. Gillette. <laughs> Can't get it. they just did not um, get the nuances and they didn't mm. talk about it being a cultural shift and it did paint men as as being bad I don't think it did I really want to defend Gillette on this I don't think it painted men as being bad I think it painted men as being good and bad like normal human beings and that there being a better way of behaving of saying actually there has been some bad stuff that men have done and I'm sorry men if you don't like that that is the reality there has been some bad stuff uh but here is a better way of being and some of you do it beautifully we've never had we've never had an advert that's come out belittling women's behavior in that in that have you watched advertising for women all All ads belittle women's behavior no not in a way it's completely different we are are always told that we are not good enough we are not told that we are really bad and then we need to be better we are not told that our behavior is negative and we should be behaving like that i've never seen that like that go back and have a look at the ads from the 1950s 1960s 1970s i'm talking about modern modern advertising yes in the 1950s absolutely modern advertising advertising past 10 years i've not seen an advert that has told me that i am a bad person but that's because we live in a culture where it's gone actually do you know what the 
the values and associations we were putting on women through advertising for 50 odd years were not that great. Let's come up with some better ones, which I think is what Gillette has done here. It's gone, do you know what? Saying that the best a man can be is an RAF pilot where a woman flings herself into his arms is not the best a man can be. Let's try and do something different. Do you know what? I... What are the Andy? what are the, I, the the question I had for you? What what are the what are the behaviours being shown in this advert that are presented as being bad? I, I don't think many men would have had a problem, and of course it would have been a very brave, let to put it politely, ad campaign if they'd have been showing the very worst behaviours of men. You know, putting cameras in, changing cubicles, and you know touching women when they don't want to be touched in ways that are very sexual, various things like that. The examples of what are supposedly bad things that men are doing didn't really strike true to me. And some of them actually were kind of behaviours that, that I thought, well, yeah, Which, OK. You know, this is really interesting boy, to me, Andy. Which ones? Well, sometimes boys are going to roll around on the grass and, and fight. And but sometimes you see, I didn't see that being to... the bad... I thought what that, that was showing was actually being a good father is not letting your kids roll around and create chaos in the middle of a barbecue. Well, being a good father is stepping up and being boys... like, guys, come on. Boys will be boys is apparently a, you know something that we shouldn't be saying anymore, and I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I think actually saying well boys will be boys will be boys because actually boys and girls do behave differently, and you know various scientific studies show that that actually boys and girls do behave differently. And, and uh, the guy who walks out of I don't know that's a shop or his work or something, and then is kind of looking at a woman that he fancies walking by, and the guy said no no mate they're not cool not cool. Well why not cool? actually because I mean, he's not you know, looking at her he gets stopped when he starts to follow her which is a creepy behavior that we should be pointing but, out and saying is a bit of a creepy behavior by all means look we've all got eyes we can't help ourselves but don't then follow that person down the street that's just that's weird not what i saw i didn't see a guy stalking a woman i saw a guy walking out and kind of leaning round and going she's hot. It was slightly predatory, though. It was slightly predatory. His friend yeah. stopped yeah. him. Predatory think... to me, but yeah. Well, I mean, be a woman he on was, a late night. He was, ogling, he was ogling a woman in sh- who was in shorts and a tight T-shirt. So for me, I looked at that and that, that was behaviour that I think society does say is normal and is okay and it's not and it happens to women all the time where men will ogle at you in the street in a predatory way like you are sexually available for them. I would say growing up, this is the, the issue comes for me, is that I'd say growing up, I was learning that that guy who did that was cool. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah, he, he impresses me. Yeah. Like, that is what a man. And chasing a, chasing a woman and, like, following her down the street is, like, a, a good thing to do. You're being macho and you're being confident and you're being, like, mission-driven. I idolised. Like... I idolised those guys, you know? And, and that's the, the bit that I like. It's can we change, as a society, can we change this perception for kids growing up that men don't need to be that? model it just struck a bit of a bum note for me i think actually there are lots of issues that men are facing right now that they could have focused on it would be much more positive so you know um the majority of people in prisons are men and obviously most people who are committing suicide the rates with men are much higher than with women particularly young men boys are not attaining anywhere near as much as girls in school the number of men going to university right now is way lower than, uh, than young women. I mean, there are various things that they could have focused on to help men to be better for themselves. And I think by helping men to be happier, better people, you also help women to have better men in their lives. And I think that would have been a much, much more positive um, PR drive to have got involved in. Okay. Andy, I'm with you on, on that point. There were other ways that they could, if they really wanted to make a difference to the conversation around masculinity, that they could, the other things they could have focused on. And their other ad does do that. 
Okay, well, we would love to know what you think. Do you agree with Andy? Did you feel that it was not looking at masculinity in the right way, that it was demonising men for stuff that is just kind of normal behaviour and we shouldn't be making a fuss about it? Or did you like me shed a little tear and think <laughs> how lovely are men I definitely didn't cry how lovely that's what I thought and let me tell you it takes a lot to make me think oh how lovely are men that's and progress. my heart was warm so if Gillette has done no good for anyone else let me tell you guys it has opened my heart to all of you in a way that it was firmly locked behind bars before Andy thank you so much um, Andy if people want to come and debate this with you rather than me where should they be looking <laughs> Uh, at Andy West TV on Twitter is probably the best place for people to come, uh, to come and shout at me and tell me I'm wrong. Thank you very much. Uh, we also have to say a lovely big thank you to Ben from The Naked Professors. Fabulous Thanks, podcast on modern masculinity and what it really means. Uh, ben, if people want to listen to it, want to find you, where should they be looking? Uh, the podcast is on all normal podcast channels, Acast, Spotify, etc. Uh, and my blog is The Naked Professor on Instagram. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. We've just been talking about the Gillette ad. Uh, I think we had quite a reasonable debate about it, actually. Yes, I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, lots of threads to that. I know. More reasonable than my debate on Tuesday. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to put my oar in about that. Oh, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Uh, actually, just was... welcome Casey Ainsworth, everybody. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I just thought, put your yeah. oar in. I'm just going to put my oar in. I'm sitting <laughs> out there it. thinking, oh, <laughs> um, What made me laugh was I think it's quite good that men are getting outraged by it because welcome to my world. <laughs> I'm 50 years old and I've had uh, years and years and years of adverts which have talked down to me and belittled me so you know if you're getting 30 seconds of it suck it up I don't know (laughs) somebody said to me the other day how would you feel if there was an ad criticising what women did I was like like, love that has been welcome to advertising (laughs) 
Yeah, that's my awe. So I've yeah. done that. We can move on now. <laughs> Beautifully put. Thank you. Um, we wanted to, actually, it's a great point. Do you agree with Casey? Do you think that actually, have we just dumbed down men's advertising? Have we taken men's advertising to a place that we've just been complaining about women's advertising for so many years? Give us a call 0344 We'd love to hear your views on it. Uh, Casey Ainsworth, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Um, we were chatting, wanted to chat to you today about lots of things, but in particular, I am really keen to talk to you about um about autism so one of my very good friends her son was diagnosed about a year ago and she and i've been meeting up and chatting about it and her learning curve has just been off the chart for this but it's been fascinating for me and i i realized that this is something that runs quite heavily in your family is that right yeah that's right and it's a much misunderstood condition really Mm -hmm. Um, people don't really understand what it means Um, there's lots of different terms that have been used uh, for people who have autism Um, you know and and so I think people need to understand it a lot more and the fact that it's a spectrum the fact that Mm -hmm. if you met one person with autism you've met one person with autism that's Mm -hmm. it Um, it, it's it's that no person is the same um, and so I think uh, the just people just need to, to learn much more about it and the fact that it's nothing to fear. And if you have a child who do, does have autism, it's don't worry about um, getting them diagnosed because it is not a label, it's a handle. You know, you're opening the door into uh, their condition um, and they will understand themselves a lot more. What should particularly parents, but anyone who is in a family where somebody has been diagnosed with autism, what's kind of some first things they should start to be aware of? Stop reading as much as you can um, and go through all of it, go to your local GP, see what local services you've got. You, there will be a fight because, of course, there's, you know, there's a lack of services out there. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just understanding where your child sits and what the spectrum is about. Um, and it will make so much more sense to you. Your child's behaviour will make a lot more sense to you. And what happens is, is quite a lot of people go through life um, having, having autism and don't actually know that they have it. But have a feeling that they're not quite fitting in. They don't quite understand why they have such great difficulty with certain situations, social situations. Um, And then when they get a diagnosis, it's like a light bulb going off in their head and they Mm. go, this is why I'm like I am. And if you don't get diagnosis, it can lead to all sorts of mental health problems because you sit there and think, what is wrong wrong with me? Well, there's nothing wrong with you. You just look at the world in a different way. And the world needs people who think in different ways. Mm. I mean, you know, autism is something that is actively sought in some areas Mm. of technology, you know, certainly Silicon Valley, um, because they want people who can, you know, literally turn their head sideways and look at a problem and go, (laughs) well, I can see how easily that can be solved Mm. because I'm looking at the world in a different way. Now, I think there's I think the stat is that one in 59 children has autism. Gosh, that's much higher than I thought it was. Yes. Yes, it is. But it also, it seems to be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the ways that autism is portrayed, especially in some films that w- we've seen, I, I remember The Beautiful Mind is a, and a powerful film, um, is 
is that it's almost a superpower. Like some people who are autistic, the way that their brain is wired, their ability to be able to remember things, it's actually like phenomenal in the way that it, it that the brain is different. But again, it's the spectrum. So you will get some children who are, you know, amazing at maths or can draw or those sort of things. And then you'll get some people with autism who don't have any of those superpowers right. at all. Yeah. Um, mainly the ones in my family. Um, <laughs> where I say to them, where are your superpowers? Right. This is what I've been told. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you... But what you do find is is that there's there's a great deal of strengths. And so if you understand the way you react to something, then you can use that as a strength. So that's where it can become a superpower for you. Um, that you approach a problem in a different way means that you have... Um, an insight that other people don't have. So it's de- you have to understand the condition entirely and understand your condition. It's kind of like saying, you know, everyone who wears glasses have the same prescription. Of course mm. they don't. Yeah. And it's the same with autism. But there must be a journey that you go on as a parent because if you're raising a child and trying to understand the way that they see the world and they can't necessarily, when they're very young, articulate how they see the world, actually you've got to go on that journey to the point where they can explain this is what it's like or this is how I respond or this is why this feels this way. Yeah, you're bang on. That's exactly right. You know, when you have a when you have a child who um, doesn't behave in the way that you, you think they're going to mm. and then... Um, you find out later that you have a diagnosis of autism. It does put everything in the mm. in the right place. Mm. But there's a, there's also a journey that you go on as a parent anyway, mm. because the weird thing about obviously being a parent is is that you have this child and you want them to be in quotes normal. Mm-hmm. You know that that whole phrase of you know I just want them to be everything to be correct and right. There isn't one child (laughs) who has all of that, you know. There isn't one child. Every child experiences difficulties. um, And so, therefore... You, it's really important to look at it in that way. They will, ex- every child will experience difficulties. And what you get in some schools is the fact that um, some children have have traits of autism. So they might not be diagnosed with autism, but they might have a trait of it. Um, and so, therefore, if schools uh, put things into place that will help the children who have autism that are in their school, they also help the children who have a trait of autism. For example, what's a trait? So say you've got a child who um, doesn't like really loud noises, mm-hmm. has, a, has, a, has a real problem with sensory overload. Mm-hmm. They, you might have a child who's, he's, who is not um, diagnosed as autism, but has that... You know, there's so many children. I see them all the time. I'm in toilets, and the uh, and the uh, the hand dryer goes off, and they absolutely freak out. Now that that that's a particular trait of being overstimulated by loud noises or not liking loud noises. It's just a trait, mm. and so that child is then on has that trait. So therefore, if you are in a classroom and you are you are you are aware of that, and you build that into your into your daily routine, then and you know that a loud noise might upset that particular child mm. um, then then what you've done is you've also helped the other child who just has the trait mm. does that make sense yeah. did I explain mm. that properly mm. yeah. Um, so yeah you, it's really important to look at children in terms of um, you know individuals and mm. unfortunately our educational system makes sausages mm. yeah. so yeah. they treat all children the same 
Do you know what the percentage is of uh, the population that does is on the autis- autism spectrum? I think because we've had diagnosis for children mainly, I think there's lots of adults out there who would be mm. classed as having autism. And a lot of people that I meet within the acting profession, I would say, I sometimes look at them and think, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so I don't think we're going to know for years and years and years. There's a great guy called Steve Silberman who wrote a book called Neurotribe. Um, and he actually thinks that the uh, autism mind is the next evolutionary mindset ah. because of the way that quite a lot of people on the spectrum can deal with lots of different things, um, you know, screens, different, mm. uh, and and can cope with all of that. That's what he actually believes, mm. and that's what he set out in his book Neurotribes. It was amazing. It's great, completely fascinating. We're going to keep talking to Casey. <laughs> Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minton, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And in the studio with us tonight, we've got Casey Ainsworth talking, we're having the most fascinating conversation. I'm really into it. I was supposed to have stopped it and I'm so, I just kept it going because I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> All about autism. Now, Casey, um, before we started the conversation, you described uh, people that don't have autism as neurotypicals. Neurotypicals. Yes. NT. And I don't know how I feel about that because I don't want to be neurotypical. <laughs> I want to believe that I am special and that my brain's <laughs> as interesting things. So can you explain that term, please, so I can go away and have a look at it and just check? <laughs> well, it's a very broad term, okay. as we know from this radio station. We don't like broad terms. So re- really what I mean is is that you know in order to um in order to be diagnosed with autism you have to i suppose score in three particular areas and have you know kind of persistent difficulties with social communication social interaction or restrictive and um you know repetitive behaviors Mm -hmm. and if you don't have all of those three then you are classed as a neurotypical so it means that you typically have uh, you know, you might have one of those traits. Mm. So you might have a difficulty. You might have a persistent or repetitive behaviour that you do all the time, mm-hmm. and that would be a, that would be considered a trait. But basically, that means that you are neurotypical, so you don't have that triad of communication. So do you not think that we just a bit like the book you were talking about before the break? We we just need to expand our thinking when it comes to uh, the way the mind works. And I know some people that um, uh, eat things and can see colours and. Some people, photographic memory, our minds do amazing things. And obviously lots of people study the brain and the mind because it's really interesting. But I don't think it makes it into mainstream uh, language. No, and it's one thing we can't fix. Mm. You know, uh, if you've got a dodgy heart, you might get a transplant. You know, you can grow another liver. You know, all of those things, you know, we can can fix those things. But we can't fix the brain Mm. um, because we don't really know how it works. Mm. Um, So, so much more research needs to be done and it is being done so in you know you know conditions like alzheimer's and um, multiple sclerosis you know you you sit there and and you think to yourself well all of these are conditions of the brain Mm. Um, and so the more research is done into the brain the more we will get a greater understanding of how people how people work we've actually got amanda on the line whose son has autism and his twin brother doesn't amanda that must be sort of fascinating but also very difficult to juggle um, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, his brother, obviously, I, I think it's got harder for his brother as he's got older because he does get quite frustrated with him at times. Uh, they both go to the same senior school and sometimes some of his behaviours embarrass his brother. However, he's a very popular boy 
they both are very popular boys and um, actually he's been very well accepted and he's sort of really loved in the school he goes to. Um, How old was he when he was diagnosed? extremely outgoing. Uh, four years old. Wow. I first sort of noticed signs when he was 19 months though. Uh, buried my head in the sand. Um, didn't want to acknowledge it at first. What sort of signs were you noticing, Amanda? So he was, he was, they were both premature and he was very little when he was born. He was, um, when I bought him home, he was like four pound eight. And the, the, the pregnancy was quite troublesome and it was always him. It was always something wrong with Otis. Oh. Like they were worried that he didn't have enough fluid around his spine and just, you know, constant sort of worry. And Tommy, his twin brother, was always fine. There was never any concerns about him. He was growing how he should be. But then I had them and they both appeared to be sort of both little but perfect. Brought him home. Um, he was an easy baby. Um, always happy, always smiling. I'd done everything as he should, all at the right times. In fact, he walked sort of early, really. He was walking before he was one. And then when, yeah, he was 19 months old and we went on holiday abroad. And, you know, like the sunbeds mm-hmm. where they put the flag in the sand mm-hmm. to mark where to go to pay for a sunbed. He walked around just staring up at that flag for about an hour and a half. And he just, mm-hmm. and he just kept on stopping, looking up, and then he turned the other direction. And he literally done that for an hour and a half. And I thought then, that's, that's a bit peculiar. Yeah. It's a real repetitive um, behaviour, like you were, like you were saying. Sorry, Amanda, it's Casey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and and uh, what I found interesting about what you said at the beginning was was that um, your son's really popular at school, and there is an idea that you know because we don't we don't talk about it and we don't know so much about it that um, uh, children with autism don't make friends. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Don't make eye contact. It's not true. It's again those kinds of um, set parameters that people think about with when they talk about somebody yeah. with autism. Um, and you say, well, that's that's not my child. That's not that's not no. what they do. Um, so you know, it, it, the more we talk about it, the more people understand that it's a mindset and it's a diff, different yeah. way of thinking. Um, and um, all we need to do is accept that people think in a different way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, life is harder for Otis, but he he, he knows he's autistic and he sort of understands that he's autistic. His friends are really mainly through his brother. His brother's always got someone around. So, you know, that kind of um, has helped him a lot, having a twin yeah. brother. But they all, you know, they will include him. And, like, for his birth, for their birthdays, had a big sleepover and some of the children mm-hmm. slept in his room as well as the brother's room. So um, I think for him, having a twin brother has helped him enormously. Imagine. But he is just such a sort of happy, outgoing yeah. person anyway he's you know he's not he loves his life he's happy with his life but I have always been sort of once I did accept it I've been very accepting of it um you know you do have to plan things a bit more mm. he, he he needs to know what's gonna happen yeah. when but you know we go abroad on holiday all the time and he loves that he's well behaved um Amanda it sounds I like suppose... you're doing a great job yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Well done. I mean, gosh, raising twin boys is hard yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly, yeah, anyone who can do that deserves well. a medal. Yeah, so it's, it's just me with yeah. them. Um, they do see their dad, but 
yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're no longer together. And I actually think the diagnosis kind of did affect us and yeah. probably contributed to us splitting because I was so stressed at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, yeah, like you said, I wanted him to be normal. I didn't want him to have autism. But now I wouldn't take it from him because he wouldn't be Otis. If oh. I took his autism away, then then he's not my son. So. Oh, man, that's so beautiful. Thank you so Lovely much story. for calling and talking to us about it. It's an incredible story. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us about it. Uh, I have to ask you before you go, apparently you're in Grantchester. I am, Coming up soon, when's it out? It's out, it's been out for the last two weeks, it's Friday night, ITV, nine o'clock. Yeah, and we're we're on series four, um, and it's doing great guns in America, which is brilliant. Well, I'm not surprised, because it's it's lovely British TV, isn't it? It is, but it's not a sleepy, it's not a little sleepy drama, you know, um, that's what I I like about it. It's dealing with all the kind of social issues of the 1950s. It was a massive period of change in Britain at that time. Mm. Um, And I think that, uh, yeah, it's it's got a really hard underbelly in this beautiful kind of setting in Cambridge. Um, And we get to do, you know, lots of really kind of quite gritty stories, all based around a crime which is just fantastic so you've got two you've got two levels there which is really good and audiences seem to love it they really do so we're so we're really happy that it's back and doing good business on ITV love it thank you so much thank you so much for coming in and joining us and just enlightening us in an incredible way and sharing your story with us I really appreciated it you just don't want people to be scared about having a Mm. diagnosis of autism don't be scared about it it's a it's a very beautiful world This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.